one, I've actually had these headphones for almost a decade. It looks like you've had them for almost a decade. Yeah, Sennheisers, and I've had them when I used to DJ. Oh, you said DJ? Yeah, DJ Hums. Oh my goodness. That's for Hamza. Have you seen Portlandia, that episode where every single person is a DJ? No, but it makes sense. That's kind yeah. of their MO. <laughs> That's good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Hamza Khan Show. Today's guest, Miss uh, Anjali Rao. How are you? I'm just dandy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Anjali is a comic, a writer, a performer, and um, lives like a nomad. Anjali, in the last, like, what, three months, you've been where? Um, last three months, I've been to Berlin. I lived in Berlin, and then I visited Hungary, Prague, uh, Iceland, um, Italy, Paris. I think that's pretty much it. What was living in Berlin like? It was interesting. Um, I had previously lived in Sao Paulo before that, and Berlin's very reserved. Sao Paulo, everybody touches each other. Right. Germans aren't quite as, um, you know, presenting. They're not very warm. Right. They're more like reserved people. Right. So it was really different. Everyone wears black. Everyone in Sao Paulo is very colorful. Um, I think I vibe more with Sao Paulo, but Berlin right. was, it was fun. It's a lot of techno music, which I also don't really relish. Right. And much less waxing places. <laughs> compared to like Brazil. Waxing? Or Sao Paulo rather. Like yeah. It's like a big, hair waxing? Yeah, it's big in Latin America. Sao yeah, Paulo. I got laser hair removal, so okay, I don't know anything about the waxing. Oh, right, the community. brown, the brown <laughs> woman rite of passage. Yeah. Uh, that's is that an expensive is it is that as expensive as I've read it to be or laser hair removal? Yeah. So I actually won the prices right when I was living in Los Angeles and I used Really? A lot of the money that I won on laser hair removal, but it was the best five thousand dollars I have ever spent. What's the tax on that income? Like thirty percent? On the prices, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a good. It's a chunk. I think I won about twenty four k total worth of stuff. Like there's a car, it's like lime green cross riding motorcycle, right. and then I think the amount that I had to pay was seven k. How was your experience with Drew? He's kind of angry now that he's skinny. Like, Fat Jew was happy. Right. But now he's just, he's very skinny and he looks like he's been dieting. Like, he just looks angry and he's hungry. He's lost his ability to be jolly. Yeah. Exactly. What's interesting is you're our second game show winner on the show. Oh, really? Our first guest, John Kreisel, who's a very good friend of mine who lives in Washington, D.C., is a playwright and a teacher. He was on Jeopardy in the Tournament of Champions. Oh, he's, shit. He's also famous for being in a Jeopardy meme where, quite literally, his answer for like a final question was uh, I have what is I have no idea uh, and that became like a popular meme or that's cool yeah I didn't have any memes come out of my game show but uh, what a cool experience it was a cool experience is there footage online <laughs> um, I think I think they might have erased it okay there might be footage I looked right. legally insane it was my friend's birthday actually on the day and she was going she's like we're gonna I want to be on the prices right I've never seen it because I'm like Indian I think that's a very white person thing to do how or, so like, I just feel like it's a very white show like you watch it with your grandma in the morning right. or you have cereal like my parents are never watching that so what did they watch in the mornings I guess they were at work no my mother is right. around um right. she listens to uh bhajans in the morning. What is that? It's like it sounds kind of Indian music. Okay. Holy music. I'm not completely ignorant of South Asian culture. I just sounds like it. <laughs> I just don't know what bhajans is. Um, like I know what so, Kuali is. I don't know what that is. Kuali's so. like Nusrat Fateh Khan kind of like. He was really popular. The. Hmm. Okay, it's more yeah. like voices. I'm not gonna <laughs> this pretend. This is gonna to be sing. a lost conversation. It's okay. So she listens <laughs> to that in the morning. Yeah, um, and she likes watching only like murder mysteries. That's murder all she, she watches. Jessica Fletcher. She listens. It? She watches something called Medium, which is about a woman who sees like ghosts and figure out crimes from right. the ghosts that are there. Yeah, my mom's a sucker for the CBS, CSI. Yeah, uh, she's more of a Dick Wolf enthusiast though. So uh. NBC has been her jam. Like I'd be a little kid. And I used to watch. She would put oil in my hair, and I'd be oh, watching yeah. like Homicide, Life on the Streets, and all. Right. So she put. <laughs> and now I have very little hair, so. So it clearly didn't work. Right. I though. think. A lot of Indian parents, they always have these things that are supposed to work and make us more beautiful, but they never right. end up coming, like, they never end up being what they thought Working. it would be. Right. My mom used to put Atta all over my body because right. it's supposed to make me not grow hair. I've Clearly, never that heard didn't that. work. I've never heard that. Well, I mean, $5,000 later with laser hair removal, right. Atta clearly wasn't the path to not having hairy bodies. So, just like out of the 
Big Ten, you just slap it on, or would you Who have to like? Who out of a tin? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, Atta is when it's made into dough, it's right? It's like the dough. My mistake. It's the actual dough. Right. I There's thought no Atta was like. I, no, I thought Atta was like when you get the, the um the flour. Like I thought that was Atta. No. Atta is once you make it. Once into, you make it into dough. But you don't put it on the tava, the um no. thing to cook it. Okay. No, no, no. So they just put the dough and then it's like stuck to my body. Right. I didn't know how to get it off, so I was just like that until it. My eventually... brown ignorance is like at a hundred right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I was bad. This is I, great. I have seen six Bollywood movies now. Wow. I saw a new one called Rays, with uh, Shah Rukh Khan. He plays like a bootlegger. I like kind of surprised he's still going strong. Dude, he, but he's he, great. He's huge, like a producer. Yeah. Makes a lot of things. He, um, I tried to learn Hindi at a point in time, and my mom was like, why don't you just watch Bollywood movies to learn Hindi? That's how a lot of people learn Hindi. Right. So I watched Bollywood movies. I was like, I started one week, and I couldn't make it through the week, because those, they're so long. They're so right. long, and it's the same, the same storyline every single time. I'm not a huge fan of Bollywood Which is ironic, movies. because you probably binge on shows where they're formulaic. Me? Actually, mm. But Bollywood movies are literally the same storyline. Literally. Literally the same storyline. If I was going to watch something that's formulaic, then yeah, sure, maybe I've seen The Stick again. Right. But it's not like I'm watching the same storyline every single time. Right. I was in, so I saw it with a friend in the theater, and she wanted to go, and it was like in belated birthday thing for her. And um, one of the actresses was Pakistani, but it was like her first big role. And like people in the theater, I, I assume who were supportive of her being Pakistani, clapped. Which it came on the screen. I didn't realize how big of a thing it is. Which kind of made me think about when you see someone like you doing something you never thought you could do. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're not in the business, kind of just seeing someone, I think, who reminds you a little bit of yourself and kind of on a big screen. So I can see how endearing that would be. Yeah, I think that some, sometimes I watch Bollywood films. It's nice to see somebody that looks kind of like you, but clearly way, way better looking. Right. <laughs> but uh, sure, yeah, I see that appeal. But there's a lot more brown people that are coming up in mainstream right. media so it's not so far removed anymore like it was 10 years ago sure but we do gotta remember like the percentage is still really low and I'm oh, hoping yeah. that, that you know unique cool, cool stories can be told that's true so Anjali you grew up where? I grew up in Sonoma primarily but I was born in Chicago okay for listeners like where Son Sonoma's kind of like wine country -ish? Sonoma's wine country okay. it's like a really hippy dippy town there's like a lot of weed farms um, up in the hills okay that's kind of where I grew up. Right. And uh, that's like considered like near the Bay? Yeah, it's considered Bay Area. Okay, cool. So like how many minutes from San Francisco were you guys? An hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Same with Oakland or just a little bit less? Oakland's the other direction. Okay. And Oakland from San Francisco is like 30 minutes. So you guys are closer to the water? You're further away? No, we're like more inland, I okay. think. Okay. You have to excuse my ignorance of no California. Worries. I know nothing about the East, the East Coast at all. Welcome. So. Why were you, what was in Chicago? <laughs> Your folks were there first? Yeah. Okay. That's where I was born. And then we, I only lived there until I was eight. And then we lived in Texas. And my parents were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Right, so we right. only lived there for six months. Right. And then we went to California. And I've been there since. And you mentioned your mom was a homemaker. So I assume your dad was an energy, maybe? That's why you were in Texas? No, he's an electrical engineer. Okay. As many brown men are. Oh, my, <laughs> yeah. my father was in the food business. Oh, cool. No, uh, no electric. Although he does a lot of stuff around the house. Right. He'll install. I think that's also another thing um, a lot of brown men have in common like they don't want to pay to go get somebody else to do things so they just do everything themselves well as he got older and i think his you know he, he made more uh, i think he valued the time portion a little better when i was younger <laughs> if there was an oil change needed to be had like we would do it yeah but then like as he was eventually he was like look it's just like go pay the 40 bucks or whatever and get it done on the car because then his time became more valuable i think as totally. he got older and his business grew etc which i think has to do with it too like he installed we installed the garage door opener together. I remember and like we installed um, like a the exhaust for an oven, which is obviously crucial mm. because by no means would anyone in the house be okay smelling like food when they left. Mm. No, that's like a rule in our house. That's a rule in our house too. Yeah, but that's why my dad just opens all the windows. Yeah, yeah. And everything because we don't want to be those brown people that smell like curry. Right. So it's like you gotta make sure that well, everything is highly ventilated. Yeah. Everything's every door is closed. So there's like extra exhaust system. So he installed that himself too. I'll do the ceiling fan like 80 feet oh in the God. air, like, like maybe 60 feet. You know what I'm talking about? It's huge. Like install that too. I remember having to hold the ladder when I was like 15. Sounds so like, like child labor. Right. It was. But I think like I also learned a lot, and I think you do save quite a bit over time. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like my dad does all these projects, and they just never get finished. Like by the time it gets finished, it's really why is he doing that? Right. Like. 
he started doing a bookshelf and it's been a year later that bookshelf is still not shelved did so. your, mom, your mom get on him about that yeah, she's just constantly, she she calls me up all the time. She's like, I don't know why I haven't left your dad yet. Ugh, he's getting on my nerves. Yeah, I think the answer would be because you need the money. <laughs> but I think that, I'll she's think, a rich woman, though, I think. Right. She has a lot of inheritance things going on in the backwards. Sure. So. But then maybe, maybe the catch is that he would She he loves would, him. Would be she's asked. just, like, giving him a hard time. Yeah, I, my parents were arranged. Were yours? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, an interesting concept, but I... I'm not opposed to it now for a lot of people. I think a lot of people aren't cut out for dating, which is fine. Yeah. I think you have to have a certain mindset to date. And I know one of your, one of your videos that I saw was about like your dating experience. So bad. And you stereotyped a certain <laughs> group of people. In San Francisco? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I think the stereotype was, it's pretty true. What was the stereotype for a listeners? reason? For San Francisco? No, that, that for listeners who haven't seen the video yet, I'll link to it. Um, Just dating in San Francisco is really tough. I found all the men to kind of have mild Asperger's, I think. And like, they just don't know how to talk to people. You're constantly hiding behind technology. You can't have a conversation right. or approach someone. And then everyone's making so much money at a young age. They kind of, they're really privileged and entitled. And I just, I feel like that stereotype right. kind of reigns true to everyone. in San Francisco is a man wearing all birds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Put a bird on it. <laughs> you don't wear all birds, but... No, put a bird on it. Yeah. I, have, I have a sanctuary on my back. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, what's interesting is when I went to San Francisco, we were there for like a, a mancation, and we're just talking to people, trying mancation. to get to know people locally. Yeah, we, we have friends at some point who lived all over the country, and we thought we got to make it, we got to work really hard to stay, you know, keep our friendship going. Yeah. So we made a point to have a mancation every year. Girls, like, were automatically knew we're from out of town. We were like, why? Like, oh, because you approached us and said hello. Yeah. Which is really talk. interesting. It's they have, like, every single type of app that you... I met my boyfriend on Dill Mill, which is an Indian dating app. Like, nice. that's how great... Yeah. I'm, fam- I'm not <laughs> on that, but I've heard of it. It was... I actually w- downloaded a bunch of these apps for a comedy blog I wanted to start. Okay. And So, hold on I, a second. Your intention was to use, like, men whom perhaps were putting themselves on the... Like, out there. Yeah. Being vulnerable for love. <laughs> And you thought you'd turn that into material? Well, yes, yes. I was going to exploit the men that put okay. themselves out there. But honestly, it would have been hilarious. So, but I met my boyfriend in the, the turn. Yeah, I met my boyfriend in, on the on the route. So, uh, Do you mind me asking how long you guys have been dating? We've been dating for a year and, like, I don't know, some. some. How was the first date? Uh, <laughs> he was wasted. I was terrified. Did you meet? Was it, like, impromptu, like, oh... I'm out, or was it like planned a couple days in advance? Uh, we had been talking about meeting up, and I just never really went around to doing it. And then he's like, "I'm like, come on out." He was living in San Jose at the time, right. so he's not Man Jose, right. so he wasn't really in San Francisco that often. The rich man's Fremont. If you <laughs> so, um, but so it was kind of impromptu. But I didn't realize how many tequila sunrises he had right. already downed. I think it's tequila as a sunrise, plural. Is it? No. Um, <laughs> were you prepared? Did you have to jump out? Or did you know enough in the time to like, change? Jump out? Like, jump out on the Because a lot of dates are like, hey, I'm out right now. You want to come meet us? Oh, so, like, go jump I think out that's called a booty call. No, no, no. That's like after a certain time. Yeah. Right? Um, and you're Indian, so the booty call is not until like eight month mark. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I don't... I honestly used to date so much when I was in San Francisco and single so to me it wasn't really like okay I'm going on a date like I have to get ready for it it's just oh I'm gonna go meet somebody maybe I'll be good maybe he'll be wasted and rolling on the ground like you never know right well I'm glad it went well yeah (laughs) did you what were your first impressions of him when you met him in person (laughs) honestly yeah um I just thought he was he seemed very fun because he was obviously drinking a lot but I also noticed his light brown eyes because they were rolling around because he was so drunk. Right. Um, he was screaming a lot. So I think we, I think the bartender asked him to leave at one point. So I think I just noticed that he was very drunk. Right. was my first impression. My second impression was like, oh, he's a very kind person That's when he's sober and not terrifyingly drunk. Fair. Did you go solo? Like he was with friends, I assume? I went solo and he actually had his friends there, but they're like behind waiting. All male friends? A man and two lesbians. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. And that's a big deal when the friends are there. I think that's a big thing for me. I think like it's kind of... No, no, no. They were just there to kind of chaperone and see right. how he's doing. Like, make sure he didn't make too much of a fool of himself. But right. clearly... I mean, clearly he did okay. Because I went on a second date with him. Nice. And now yeah. it's a... You said a year and what? 
It's a year and some. That's I a big don't deal. Know how That's much? Nice. When you had to meet your friends, was that a big deal for you? Like introducing someone into your circle? It's different. It's new. Um, I hadn't really like introduced that many people because I was more of a floater in terms of the dating world. Like I right. didn't like to be committed. Um, and I think that he was nervous. But I don't. I don't know. It's not. It okay. wasn't a big deal. Okay. What were your, what's your experience on Dillamill? Did you like that app? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Why is that? Is the format like like Tinder or is it a little bit more like... It's just like Tinder. It's exactly okay. so Tinder. No it's just like all brown people. Personality really. It's just photos. Yeah. It, no, they. I think they have a little line. It's like a book. It's a similar shit. It's just the same okay. thing. Just everyone's brown. I think people are... are uh, it's like a, a little bit more... You don't know if you're getting someone from America per se. Oh, like card. I think I've heard the geo, the geo ta- like uh, tagging on that's really bad. Oh, <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't have like a mm-hmm. radius. That's exactly how Dilmo works. That's really bad. Why would you? Fucking with you. <laughs> no, no, no. There's an app out there. I know that people have struggled on where like they'll match with someone in Toronto and they no, it's Chicago. not. Oh well, actually, now that I think about it, I think Dilmo is like that because I think it's like how Indian aunties date and they're like, okay. oh, I know a boy. But he's in Malaysia. But you guys right. can meet on the weekends. Like, I'm not going to Malaysia on the weekends. Right. So I think that's actually how Del Mel works, as I, I think about it. I actually was almost raised in Malaysia. Whoa. When my dad was leaving Pakistan looking to, like, have, like, where to raise a family. It was between the U.S. and Malaysia. Yeah. He had, like, two opportunities. And I think, like, just by gut, he just felt like it was more diverse in the U.S. Yeah. And he could grow a little bit more, and it'd be cool, you know, to experience that. And he... Essentially, almost flipped a coin, but like he was swayed a little bit by it. When did? How old was he when he moved out here? So he was seventeen when he came to the U.S. He kept it one hundred. Yeah. No, he liked it out here, and then all the brothers came, and he's been. I was raised here. Yeah, Malaysia's um, has really good food, right. so uh, it's like my favorite. Actually, one of my favorite ethnic cuisines. Is Why Malaysian. is that? Where Where have you it's had like that a, historically? They have well, they have a lot of Malaysian food in Singapore. And then um, I have like Malaysian food in South Bay, but it's just not the same shit. Right. Uh, and you've have yeah. you had laksa before? Laksa is my favorite soup you could ever imagine. Okay, so I'm not a big ramen pho kind it's of not guy. Not a ramen. Is it? Okay. Sorry, I'm no, really passionate about that. I'm ignorant of like a lot of international yeah. foods. You are not. So like, what's laksa? It's a handful of noodles. You said it's like it's like a spicy soup. It's kind of, I think it has like a lot of influences from India, China, like Thai kind of thing. So it's a spicy like red curry soup almost. Okay. And then it has prawns, it has noodles, it has fish cake, it has fish balls. Okay, nice. It's delicious. I like tell my mom when we're going to India that I want to stop over in Singapore so that we can just eat laksa at the airport. That's has, how good it has is. Has that happened? Yes. I've been like, we're going to stop over in Singapore because we have to do a layover somewhere. If I'm going to pick between Singapore and Hong Kong, I want to Singapore. That's fair. Yeah. And how, when did you first have laksa? Um, I was 12 years old, and it was delicious. Family never, trip? Never got back, yeah. That's cool. So your parents are kind of adventurous, too, with cuisine. and. Um, yeah, our family's really into food, so I'd say like it's so bad that we eat like dinner like the Last Supper every single time, and the first question when my dad wakes up is, what's for dinner? So that's how into food we are that's fair but you're an only child yes which was uh, and your OCS was clear when you brought out one glass of water <laughs> I brought you two glasses of water no I think it was one big one what was your favorite meal in Brazil there's this one place called Mocoto that's really good it's um, more like homey true Brazilian food um, what does that mean for listeners like like what they eat like right. feijoada is very common like a stew but in Mocoto what they're known for is these tapioca dice which are, it's kind of like tapioca and cassava, and it's made into this dice form, fried, and it's like with this chili sauce, it's delicious. And then they have this kind of like Brazilian fried rice that has beans and bacon, and it's really good. Um, but I think my favorite, favorite meal was at this place called Dom. It's uh, by Alex Atala. He was on the, have you ever watched the Netflix Chef's Kitchen? Chef's Table? Chef's Table. No, I'm familiar with it, but I don't watch. So he was on it, and so he's like the biggest chef in Brazil, and so I went to his restaurant, I actually got to meet him. He like came in from San Diego from surfing, and we met him at the tail end of my meal, but that was like the best meal I've ever had in Brazil. Nice. Yeah. And your time in Brazil, you enjoyed immensely, you mentioned. Yeah, it was awesome. What was, uh, what was your take on uh, like affordability of food in terms of like your travel thus far? I know mm-hmm. Brazil, people say it's pretty affordable down there. 
But where have you had um, like the best bang for the buck? Would you say worldwide? India. Really? <laughs> Brazil is actually really cheap. Um, I think because it was so cheap, I was living like I could never live in America. So I right. like literally thought I like Kanye West bank account I was going out to like these fine dining meals all the time. Like Dom is a fine dining experience. Um, and uh, but it's overall like an Uber is like two bucks. The food can be pretty cheap, like five dollars. Nice. Um, but Sao Paulo is the most expensive city in all of Brazil. Right. So. You know, my experience might have been different. Say, if you were living in, like, Rio or Bahia, it would be, like, way, way, way cheaper. Makes sense. Argentina really piqued my... You mentioned that on your list. Hell yeah. I feel like they... I've, Argentina food I've had a handful of times. It's been always delicious. It's so very good. Very flavorful. I feel like there's a lot of meticulous care put into the way they marinate. The steak? Meats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are they, like, slow... Ro- it's, it's really good. I actually think the best thing that I had in Argentina was another fine dining experience. And I think it was so cool because we got to party with the chefs afterwards. And that was quite an experience. What does that entail? So um, they basically, they took us to this bar that they owned. And they're like, yeah, you come down to this bar. It's kind of like a speakeasy. And the whole place had closed down. And then they just, we were just like drinking with the chefs at this bar. And everyone else had left. So it was a very intimate experience. It was cool to kind of get to know locals in that scenery than just like not having any kind of previous background nice. we just had also like a really lavish meal and then seeing people unwind and see how like unpretentious it can be was cool you have a routine for like on days when you know you're gonna have a really great meal you like don't eat okay don't eat okay so you, you save should... up for the grand finale you're like one of those people like where your stomach shrinks and then you get full after a few bites you feel like you might keep going like, i don't think that the shrinking of the stomach has ever happened to me i always right. have a ferocious appetite okay that's fair yeah but what about hydration though do you have any keys no i'm serious like people on days they're gonna know they're gonna have an amazing meal i mean the guys go to a brazilian steakhouse or do something everyone has like a different routine i feel like it's different it's not like okay amazing meal is way different than saying you're going to a buffet and about to like take every single thing that you can get that's like vegas right no but it, it feels like in your fine dining experiences you're having multiple courses but they're also tiny ass courses, so right. I think a lot of times people leave fine dining when they're if they're still hungry. Do you think that's part of the experience, or do you think that's a scam? <laughs> to be hungry after? No, because for example, like a lot of people get scammed in New York, tourists who come to like a white napkin place. Mm-hmm. They'll pay like seven dollars per entree, and they're not they're like not really full, not really satisfied, and they'll leave. Do you feel like that's just kind of the way fine dining is, or can you have like a really big meal where it's copious amounts of food and be full? I've honestly never been hungry cool. after no I've never been hungry after right. a fine dining experience like I've always been really satisfied I think you just have to be smart and do your research right. have you ever fasted? Um, I tried and didn't work out <laughs> what, did you, what did you fast for? I tried to do I'm always trying to lose weight because I think like if you love food as much as I do you just right. have a constant battle with your weight so um, I tried to do the master cleanse which is what Beyonce did to lose 20 pounds for dream girls and my master cleanse lasted from 8 a.m to 10 a.m so it wasn't yeah what's a master cleanse is all juices or whatever it's just no it's like this lemon water juice with maple syrup and cayenne pepper and you're supposed to basically kind of get like a natural high from it if you actually do it for 10 days but i only lasted for two hours i don't know i didn't get any high i just got hungry the natural high is like supplement i assume like energy loss because you're not eating i don't i have no idea what the natural high is because i didn't get it but Um, you said you're on a diet now. I am on a diet now. Which I'm one always is that? on a diet. Right. <laughs> the Ducan diet. Okay. It's what um, what's her face? Kate Middleton did to lose weight for the royal wedding. May I ask what your sources are for this? Is this like Us Weekly? <laughs> no. Or are you like getting this? From... I think uh, I just always I'm in search to lose weight. I just look up shit on the internet and find okay. something and see if it works. And so what did what did uh, the Duchess use it for? To lose weight for the royal wedding. Did it work for her? Yeah, she's hella skinny. Your goal is just to drop some LBs? No, I want to get hella skinny like Kate for the royal wedding. Okay, and you're having a royal wedding? No, I'm not having a royal wedding. I just want to be like her for the royal wedding. Okay. Yeah. So just in case. Just. (laughs) Okay. So you've been on multiple diets. you tried multiple, like these fads. Do you find that there's one that's like really worked well but was just difficult to do long term? Mm, Actually, the Ducan diet, it's like has good results what are the and principles also the bob harper diet works Let's... before we get into the bob harper <laughs> diet how does the ducan diet work the ducan diet works you have to do three to seven days of pure protein like you're basically just eating meat 
which is kind of gnarly, um, or eggs and tofu. And then from that point on, you do protein vegetable days alternating until you reach a certain weight, and then you have a lot more flexibility, and you start eating toast and... Right. I never got to that point. I just like lose all the weight. I'm like, hell yeah. And then I start eating again and I gain it. it back. I never learned my lesson. Well, the meat part is tough because then your boyfriend starts chafing. Chafing? That. Yeah, uh, so, thank you. I'll be, he'll be <laughs> all night. He's, he's, he's vegetarian. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> and you don't follow? No. Okay. Is that uh, like a, an issue at home or your folks don't follow either? What, vegetarianism? Yeah. Um, my mom grew up vegetarian, but when she met my dad, he's he's kind of like a carnivore, so that didn't. She's not a vegetarian anymore. That's fair. Kind of the same thing with me and my boyfriend. So he started eating meat when we started dating. He doesn't love it. But someday he will, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So with all these meals, have you taken on cooking yourself? Yeah, I cook a lot. When did you start? What do you mean when I started cooking? Yeah. Like when I went to college where I had no other option but to cook for myself. That's fair. Did you have like a legitimate kitchen though? Or was it like a yeah. kitchen? Okay, that's cool. Me too. When I went to school... We had a converted apartment, so it was like a nice to have a real kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Ted, uh, Ted Allen from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, was my first teacher. I learned the basics through him. I used to watch Wait, that really? show. Yeah, I learned the basics through him. Okay. Um, and then from that, I kind of expanded. Interesting. What, why were you watching Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? I wanted to learn. Yeah. I was, well, I was very all much, the cooking shows that you could pick. Well, I was interested. Why that particular one? I feel like I didn't know how to, I would like, I didn't know how to be in a, Adult. I didn't know how to address. I didn't know how to like do anything. It's very similar now, but they're very inviting and they kind of like helped me out. And I enjoyed the show. Guys are pretty inspirational for the most guys that they would like help reform. It's like they just meant well. They just wanted to clean up their act a little bit. And it's not like they're changing that person's complete personality. They're just trying to give them like additional tips. And I think that's cool that they're not like changing the shell of that person. Just like, hey, dude, you try this soap. Try shaving this way. Try cooking like this. It'll help you out. And I very much wanted to learn about women which is ironic because I watched Kurai for the Straight yeah. Guy but it did teach me effort basically what that show show showed me besides like how to cook a little bit was how to how much effort is valued by the opposite gender fair and that, uh, that just means being considerate and caring yeah I think that most straight women just really want a gay guy but who's straight if that makes sense like gay guy on the exterior straight in the interior Right. Yeah, so. But then. The research seems to work. Yeah, I, th- I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> no, but actually Netflix is coming back. They're going to make like 10, 10, 12 new episodes with them. Really? Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, I think Queer for the Straight Guy, a lot of the men were really upset afterwards. Like they do check-ins and six months later they just like look completely disheveled. Like nothing like what they had done to them before. You know, that's uh, half of them, but I think the hard part was guys trying to understand, like, it's about effort and keep maintaining it. Fair. Cause, like, I don't think I watch as much Queer Eye for the Straight Guys you did, no. I, I have it on, I, I have it on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> so, keep your bathroom clean. Keep your kitchen clean. I think it requires, like, a lifestyle change. You have to build into your schedule. I feel like this is just what human beings should be doing, is keeping their shit clean. But that's the problem. That's why those guys weren't successful, which is why they need to be on the show. Mm. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, again, haven't watched as much Queer Eye for the Straight right. Guys you have. <laughs> okay, so you started cooking in college. Yeah. Okay, like what were your sources? You used books, websites? I think that my mom is a really good chef, and she went back to school. So I always kind of learned from pla- like flavor profiles from eating with my parents. Okay. So I never really like looked shit up. I just knew from like what I'd already seen before. What is the fa- flavor profile for listeners who are Like just think I, the way something tastes. Like if something's spicy or savory or... Um, if it has like some uh, sweet notes, but it also has some salty notes, just like the way, just how things can work together, how they can melt together and make something that's delicious. What's the last meal you made? Mm, well, because I've been on the Ducan diet, I made some baked eggs with feta cheese and um, like tomatilla salsa. I haven't been cooking very well these, lately because of the diet. So right. it's just been like chunks of meat and eggs. That's fair. Welcome to New York, by the way. disgusting. Yeah, thank you. How long have you been living here now? Um, a month. You think you'll be here for a couple more months at least? I kind of want to move here, honestly. I really like the vibe in New York. I like the diversity in New York. Have um, you visited during adulthood? Yeah, I have. Uh, I think I came in the summer a couple of years ago, and it was really fucking hot. Um, but I think in the summer, a lot more people are out, and I hadn't been in the winter, and I felt like you couldn't walk down a street and just be a, like alone. 
And I liked that about San Francisco. Is there were streets that you could walk down and be alone and didn't feel like right. I constantly had someone on top of me. But in the winter, it's great. Like in New York, I don't feel like there's that many people out. So we'll see how that changes in the summer. What have you thought of New York food thus far? It's been good. I like some of it I just think is really overpriced to be honest like I don't really see why it's so expensive like uh, let's see I had a sushi the other day and I was really under I was not impressed right. I had I went to Pudo which is like one of the famous ramen places and I've had better ramen elsewhere right. like I think we spoke about this during coffee last week because I kind of mentioned like after a couple months you figure out, like, okay, not necessarily what's a scam, but what's a little bit overrated. Yeah, yeah. And the palette of people who judge this food perhaps didn't grow up like people who come from other backgrounds where their palates were more refined. But New York is so And that's very so politically correct of me to say it. But yeah, but there's amazing food all over the city, but you learn yeah. after a couple months, okay, this place is legit, this place is okay, mm-hmm. overhyped. I think you'll figure it out. Yeah, so I guess I'm in that process right now because I'm all about the Yelp. The yeah. Yelp review. So I just, if something's not dark orange, I'm not going to go to the that particular spot. That's fair. And now I just feel like Yelp is letting me down left and right in New York, so I just need to get the in. Maybe there needs to be like a foreign-born parent's Yelp. People who are critiquing food now perhaps grew up on meatloaf and turkey sandwiches, which is why like Chipotle blew I've their mind I've never had away. a meatloaf in my life. Right, right. But do you get what <laughs> I'm saying? That's my point is like I think people who ate really mundane foods for a long time are blown away by like guacamole with breakfast or like, simple foods that I think are good. But I think their experience and their palate is much more at rookie level than it is for veterans. But in a city like New York, where there's so many people <coughs> from all these different backgrounds, I think that I would argue that I would assume that there's so many, there's just so many different types of backgrounds going on that I highly doubt everyone. I meant for like, Yelp. Oh, for Yelp. I meant in like general. the people who are probably yelping. But in like large cities, I would think that Yelp should work, right? Maybe. That's what I'm saying. A lot like, of people don't Yelp though. Yeah, that's fair. I just look at it. I never actually right. See, give anything go. to it. There that's fair. And perhaps people could benefit from your, maybe not your writing because I've seen some of your stuff, but if you could hire someone. <laughs> What's that supposed to, to be? Dict- <laughs> you know, if you could dictate to someone who <laughs> went to school and learned knows how to write, they could like you know, take down your... your uh... Actually, I have started a Yelp account and I have a couple of reviews and they were marked very funny right. and useful. But And how many by people with whom you aren't related? All. Okay. I don't know these people. They're strangers. More hits than your YouTube? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Anjali, when did you get into comedy? Um, I have, I've kind of done like performing since I was in high school. Okay. Um, but Ooh. I got into comedy like after college more so. I did a little bit in college. College was in the Bay? Yeah, I went to Berkeley. Okay. How was that experience? It was good. I liked it. Right. Is it as like stereotypically hippie as people say it is? Berkeley? Yeah. Not at all. Okay. Not not anymore. I think in the seventies. I think right. now it's more of like a lot of Asians like myself. So right. not. I think a lot more people are just trying to pass their classes, get A's, and they're not actually like thinking about how to be what's going to be great, like in terms of progressive for our nation. What's what? How can I learn just for the sake of learning? I think right. it's just learning and get an A. I think that if you're going to talk about learning for the sake of learning, people are just interested in education. It's like UC Santa Cruz. I think the people there are a lot smarter than actually than the people at UC Berkeley. Interesting. So yeah. you think Stanford kind of has that better balance, or USC? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. USC, n- no, I don't know. Not about okay. that. I think that Stanford. Um, I can't really say. I have like some friends that went to Stanford, and I know some people, and they're just extremely bright. Like right. they're so fucking again. Smart. This is all limited to our bubble listeners. Like we only know who we know, right? Yeah. I think the one biggest difference is Berkeley is a public school, so ideally, if you get into both, you probably maybe want to go to Berkeley because it's. Much well, more my parents were just like, "You're going to the UC system because it's cheaper." Right. So that's how that worked. And you out. guys have great schools in California. Yeah, we do. Pepperdine's campus is beautiful. I've never been. Um, I wanted to go to USC just because I was always, I went for biological sciences in the beginning. And right. I was always iffy about that. I was like, this is probably not. What was the plan? The plan was to become a doctor, right. a plastic surgeon, actually. So at, at what point did you get a C? Um, I didn't get a C, okay, actually. No, I did. I, then, then you could have gone to school in the Caribbean. Well, <laughs> right. you should tell my boyfriend that. Um, he did pre med. Right. Uh, but. Uh, no, I didn't actually get a C. I did well. I just Good. really hated it. Um, and I think there was a point in time where it's just like, why am I doing something and breaking my neck back over something I'm not passionate about at right. all? So, um, but I wanted to go to USC because I always had that kind of inclination that I wanted to do something more with the arts. And right. they have a better arts program. Sure. Um, but we went there and there was like a family of 16 washing their clothes in the fountain. 
So my mom said, she's like, you're not going here. This well, that's is an LA unsafe. proper, right? It's like in Compton. Okay, okay. So it's terrifying over there. I think it's like a right of for, passage. For, uh, for get... people who are not familiar with LA, I can understand why Compton would be, no offense to your mom, but I'm saying uh, <laughs> if you spend, I guess, some time there, you start to realize there's a school there and that community is kind of like separated, if you will. Mm, I think it's a rite of passage to get stabbed when you go to USC. Like that's a lot funny. of my friends that have gone there have gotten stabbed. I didn't know that. So I guess I... I know it's in Compton. So you liked your experience at Berkeley. Like and, and did you act there? Did you do improv? Did you do stand-up? Um, I did some... I used to do more like sketch comedy. So I'd okay. do like stuff and, and film it and then put it out. I was doing... I ended up as an art major. So that clearly made a lot of money. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was doing like some kind of like art um, comedy videos. Okay. And I would put those out and like nice. have them at shows. And what inspired the YouTube videos? Just kind of like, is that like a medium you appreciated or was it the ease or you just like being in control and kind of... Yeah. I like, um, I've always liked sketch comedy, like writing my shit out and um, I like doing different character work. Like um, when I was in LA, I was doing Groundlings, which is all character work. Um, And then YouTube obviously is just like a a good platform to put shit out if you want to see if you can like reach people. Um, Vimeo doesn't seem like it quite has that... Sure, Reach. but you can be on one, you know, all the mediums once you've made a video. Sure. So since you were on Groundlings in LA, how does UCB seem to you now that you're in New York? I did UCB actually in LA too. Okay, you did. So I did both. Um, I I think UCB is a lot smarter, like in terms of the comedy that you do, because it's a lot more relevant, it's a lot more modern. Um, but I think that I really like character works, and I, so I think you become a better actor because of doing if right. you do Groundlings. I think that UCB is more about like becoming a better writer in a lot of ways. Okay. And is that something you'd like to do more so like, uh, do you feel like you need to be in front of the camera or are you okay for an entire project being behind the camera, whether as a writer or... I think I like being in front of the camera. Right. I'm an only child, so we like attention. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the water. Um, <laughs> but moving beyond that, what are your thoughts on um, like sketch comedy as a future for you? Do you feel like that's kind of like your wheelhouse or, or do you kind of want to diversify that? I love it. I think that... I also like to eat, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So right now I'm going back to school to do advertising, which in a lot of ways, um, you know, it was a compromise. But I think when you get older, at some point, you sometimes have to compromise with what you really love to do, with what you really want to eat. And so that's right. where I'm at right now. But I still am like churning out stuff when I have time on my YouTube channel. And we'll link to that, listeners. Cool. No oh, worries. Yeah. I did enjoy your videos, though. Thank and you. I do appreciate your social media and like references for your mom. I saw that you went to, you were in some dance classes. The Bay. That's all that you like. Oh yeah, I do. I um, I've done hip hop dancing for like since I was in high school. Is that for exercise or for men? (laughs) For men. Yeah. Um. Well, you should tell my boyfriend that because he thinks it's really nerdy to do hip hop dancing. But uh, so I guess not for that. Uh, for exercise, I was really chubby as a child, so anything that my parents could get me to do that's physical exercise was good by them. No sports. Um, I did do synchronized swimming as a young child for wow. 10 years That's pretty, yeah well no when did you start i started when i was like eight so you parents, said young child you did it till you were 18 well yeah that's intense it's, it's is horrible. that a varsity sport in your school no it's not i never told anybody that i did it in high school i did it with through a club um but my parents had tried like every single type of sport you can think of like ping pong figure skating basketball soccer like every single thing i was just ping pong i didn't even know was a sport i actually have a cousin who is the youngest in the uh, olympics team for ping pong right now for the u.s yeah for the u.s so i guess it is can we can we shout him out yeah yeah his name is kanak ja wow yeah um but anyway so so they tried everything and i was just horrible i had really flat feet I was chubby, I liked eating more than I liked um, moving around, and the only thing that I was good at was dancing and swimming, because I had flat feet, so it's like little paddles. Do you have rhythm, though, so I guess by yeah. those two things work. Yeah, so synchronized swimming, so I did that for more than a, more time than I like to admit. Did you actively like keep it a secret, or it just kind of never I just didn't up? like want to bring it up, it's kind of, it's kind of not, not the coolest sport to do. Yeah, so it's not like swimming, like, oh, the 100 meter or whatever, it's... It's like you're dancing around um but it's really fucking it's hard it's hard did you make good friends at least <laughs> um i guess i don't really keep in touch with them so i guess not that good friends um but yeah so i did that and i i was doing hip-hop dancing at my high school so that's where i would just do dancing there and i never told anybody about my synchronized swimming i think i tried to bring some hip-hop into the synchronized swimming and i did a routine to mc hammer and missy elliott 
and it was like crumping in the water. It wasn't cool. Who made the mix? I believe that uh, my coach Marion, who was like eighty years old, she made the mix. She's a Hall of Famer though, so nice. Yeah, she's an OG. You mentioned Al's place and Rich Table in San Francisco. Oh hell yeah, those places are. What so are those? Good. Uh, I've never been to either. Tell me about Al's place. Al's place is kind of like Nordic cuisine. It's like Swedish, Danish. Okay. Um, so it's like a lot of seafood, um, really fresh. They're really big on like hunter-gatherer kind of techniques. So um, yeah, super fresh, really tasty, but it's very bougie. It's very expensive. Right. And same with Rich Table. Um, but they're really good. If I was going to eat something that wasn't quite as bougie in San Francisco, I would go to La Taqueria. It's supposed to be the best burrito in all of the nation. And I believe it. It's so good. Yeah. The burritos were really good in San Francisco. Yeah. I didn't care for the food in Sweden, though. Well, where'd you go? Do you have fika? Yeah. You don't like it? Yeah, but the coffee and you have to get, like, the buns. Like, the cardamom bun I had in Sweden is, like, the most... Right, okay. so fucking delicious. So the coffee culture and the baking was pretty good, but the food... When I was in Ostersund, which is a small town, for a few days for a wedding, and then I was in Stockholm for, like, four and a half days, which is four days too much. I like Stockholm! I got... I mean, after a day, I was like, all right, I get it. It's, it's a cute, they are very stylish. The food is good, dude. You didn't go to the right places. You should have um, done some research. There's a lot of kebabs that are really popular there, Thai food, like a lot of non Looks like you weren't European eating any food. Swedish food. No, 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 because at Ostersund we had traditional food, which was good. Yeah. But I couldn't find <coughs> very many restaurants in Stockholm that have traditional Swedish food. You have to go to, I might Oops. mispronounce this, I think it's Alstermalm. Like this particular area in Stockholm, yeah. and they have really good food there. We went to like another bougie restaurant that I can't pronounce. Right. There it was delicious. Um, and then I just those caramel buns are amazing. Right. I did start drinking coffee like two, just my whole life for the first time in my life, like two months before I went to Sweden. Then I went to Sweden and had like espresso multiple times throughout the day, and I, nice. I, I became like a coffee asshole. When I came back, I'd make a face when someone mentioned Starbucks. Oh, or like uh-huh. and like it, I threw a fit when my parents bought a Keurig. Ah. I think that's... Although, if I have I don't to, know as much about coffee as you do, clearly. It's okay. Well, I, I really don't know much, but I do know that cup... Co- like, I don't like cup-tasting coffee. It's pretty bad. Do you do Nespresso? Yeah. Okay, so you're into the Nespresso's. No, 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 sorry. When I... Sorry, I, I said espresso. Um, no, when I worked at a place that had cup coffee, it was actually Nespresso, mm-hmm. which which is what you just talked about, which I thought was really good. But beyond that, all the cup coffee is trash. Interesting. I think Starbucks is trash. I'm just all about the Nespresso's. I just do those. Right, but it's a lot of like, waste. You can get a it's mocha. It's so fucking easy. Right. It's a dollar each Nespresso thing. And like to put, make the Nespresso. I actually won an Nespresso machine from the Price is Right. And I never used it because it just seemed like a pain in the ass. So the day of when you win the Price is Right in backstage. Yeah. There's like a paperwork, a lot of paperwork, I guess. They just, yeah, they ask you some shit. You get all your price, your prizes way later. Like, like months later, like six months but later. They ship it to you? Yeah. What about the check, though? The check, they also, like, mail it to you. But that's not months later. Months, yeah. Like, you don't get anything there. Just, but I remember, like, everyone seemed a lot more excited than I was. Like, I didn't really... People were really excited about the prices, well, You come right? from privilege, honey. Like, no, not even... Like, like I was excited about the money. Sonoma. I'm brown. Everyone gets excited about the money. But right. I wasn't, like... People were just excited to be at the prices, right? That's what I'm talking about. Like, well, fame means nothing to you. I guess. <laughs> Clearly, that's why my YouTube channel is booming. So. Right. What are your plans for comedy in New York? Um, I think I might do I might do UCB again. I'm okay. like, because I didn't finish the program, so it'd be cool to kind of go back and start like maybe halfway through and just continue the program and see where it lands. Um, but I haven't. I think the scene in New York is so different than in Los Angeles. And I haven't been able to see that much since I've been at school right now. Well, why is I mean, for even though you're limited because you're busy with school, mm-hmm. how would, what are some differences that you see? I think that the, like, what is, like, if I was in L.A., for example, and I have a comic friend that is from New York. I think he actually, he has, like, a really prominent YouTube following. And when he said, like, when he came to L.A., everything is about, like, green grass or green juices and, like, and dating is different it's like it's just a different world right you're just like driving jokes all the time when you're in new york it's like jokes about being on the subway right, and like right, right. jokes there's just it's just you're in a different environment so like the jokes are different what people find are, i think in new york people are more aggressive like there's just a different kind of like feel here than there is in la for aggressiveness i would say that i think people in new york are just a bit more direct 
I like it though. Like they don't care like if you're like bluntness. a thirteen foot tall purple dinosaur. They're yeah. just like, are you standing on the right side of the escalator? Yeah. <laughs> are you like not stopping in the middle of a crowd to look at your phone? Yeah. So I think it's like a lot of that that stuff. But I do appreciate that people here are very accepting. I only spent a week in LA, but I didn't. It was just much slower vibe. The way people walk is slower. Yeah. Everything's sprawling. I don't really like LA that much to be honest, but the food's good, so I I like that part of LA. Of course you did. You mentioned uh, Sap Coffee Shop in LA. Oh my God, so good. What's the, what's so great about Sap? Um, Anthony Bourdain actually uh, goes there pretty often, so I feel like that's a testament already because I love it. Have you him. been to Leal? No. His restaurant. Is a restaurant here? Yeah. It's very affordable too. It's not. I really? met him once. What what kind of things do they have there? What do you like there? It's like French cuisine, like American hybrid. I don't really like French cuisine. It's that not. Much. It's not like pretend like good burgers, steaks, frites. Yeah. It's really affordable. Too. I just feel like. If I'm going to have French or, like, Italian, I just don't really like traditional. Like, I like it when it's more fusion or it's, it's mixed with some things. I find traditional to be kind of boring. Right. Maybe that's because I didn't grow up on meatloaf. And, Which is why you're doing and, Indian And turkey guy. sandwiches. What? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, because you're against tradition, you're dating an Indian guy and you're pursuing grad school. So yeah. Thanks for breaking the mold. Right? <laughs> I appreciate it. How was the conversation with your folks when you first jumped into comedy? No, my, mom, like, my mom was like, you're not funny, don't do that. So right. that was how that went. And then they're just like, actually, the, the, then I was like, I'm moving to LA. And then within the first week or two weeks, right. I had won the prices right. So I just used that money and right. then was like working part time to just kind of go through a year. And I was like, fuck, I've run out of money. So now I must come back. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. The coming back is always a very shameful yeah. moment. Because <laughs> like, like your parents are happy to have you, but you feel like such a fucking failure. Like, I'm like, God. Yeah. It's a meltdown. Yeah. And I can't survive at home for more than two or three days at this point. <laughs> no, it's like, it's not a good, like, I, it's, it's, my parents' house is beautiful and I'm thankful to where I, where I grew up, but it reminds me of what I could easily not have if I stopped trying. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like, New York feels like home now. Yeah. So do you feel comfortable when you go home or do you feel like it's just kind of like temporary all the time? I feel like it's always temporary. When is, I go there. is your room the same as when you were growing up? Yeah, my mom hasn't changed it. I was like, you can change it. I don't need any of this stuff. But I think because I'm an only child, she's like literally made it into a shrine. You have and I like all this shit everywhere. Yeah, she has all my posters up. Of it what? just looks. She has like this Like post- Green Day, Incubus. I wasn't quite Incubus a Green Day. Day kind of gal. Never have been. Right. I've always been more into like hip hop. But um, she has this one poster that she made for my senior graduation and has like all these pictures that she cut up. Um, of me going through my awkward childhood and it has like little quotes that she wrote like how embarrassing or swan like just different things that's funny it's horrible um, and so my friends it's like a very it's a snapchat um, hot spot for my friends uh, what else do I have I have like a lot of like Hindu gods everywhere right that she puts around there's never around. enough yeah there's never enough right. um, my and fr- like horrible statues that I made as a child Growing up, one of my best friends was Hindu. He still is. My first puja, I was just like the biggest culture issue for me was like, no meat. Ah, uh, like, yeah. Because I'm I Pakistani. Like yeah, I was, yeah. Like, I was like, and like I got like tricked. I would have some things and it'd be like eggplant, yeah. like, potato, and I was very tough and misleading. But, and then at pujas, they started ordering pizza for kids. <clears throat> and then I was like, I gotta stop being a dick. And the food is obviously delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I've always struggled with having meals without meat. Interesting. I so my one of my best friends is Muslim, and she, I'd always go to her house, and she doesn't know how to have a meal without meat, much like yourself. So she even has like vegetables. I'm like, can I have some vegetables? And the vegetables have meat in it. So it's just like it's like she's very Dukan diet friendly, really, at her house. But it's kind of like gross. I think a little bit. Like you need some veg, like some veg. Well, no, <laughs> I we all love vegetables. I think it's just you get used to the. I don't meat think part. my friend Zara does because she literally just only meat. Does she cook? She cooks, but she just adds Sean Masala to everything. Like, I had noodles at her house, and she had Sean Masala to it. I was like, this is pretty fucking nasty. Sean Masala noodles. <laughs> you look like you might like it. Like, you're looking up, like you're thinking if it's a good idea or a bad I idea. I mean, off, off. once we're done with this, you know, give, we'll exchange numbers. With, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know where she lives. Is she in the Bay? No, yeah, she's in the Bay. She lives in San Francisco. Hey. Yeah. She's not single, though. <sighs> She has her husband just got promoted at Apple. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, <laughs> they just bought a house. You said close seconds in Brazil. You had a long list for uh, Brazil. What did you think of uh, Bacio de Leche? Is that how you pronounce Bacio it? De Le- Bacio Lache. de Leche. You wrote this in all caps. <laughs> I you write a lot of things in caps. I get excited. Pistachio with the Nutella in the cone. Oh, it's 
Okay, so there's a bocce at Ilachi. We used to live really close by one, like a block away. Uh, is that the name of a type of place? It's a gelato shop. A chain, or is that just what you it's call a chain. gelato shop? Okay. So but it's only in Sao Paulo. Okay. Um, and we lived a block away from it. It has the best, it has better gelato than I've had in Italy. Like, it's so good. And they have this cone, and they coat the inside of it with Nutella. And then they put, I'm salivating thinking about it. They put gelato right. inside of it. That's disgusting. And, <laughs> and um, I remember I was trying to do a diet like I always am when I first moved to Sao Paulo. And because we lived next to Bacho, it just didn't really pan out. We'd go like every single day. Right. They knew who we were. And they don't speak English because everyone in Sao Paulo speaks Portuguese. So I used to talk in my broken Spanish and they'd always be like, they'd always be giggling about something. Right. Yeah. And I think it's because I was at Bacho de Lache every single day. Or maybe it was a drool. Maybe. <laughs> right. Do you feel like your diets kind of navigate and guide you towards certain like uh, food adventures, by just hmm, by kind of like default? I don't. Uh, I mean, I do do a lot of research when I'm on my diet, so I like look at Yelp for hours on end, looking at like the best tacos or like this. And then whenever I move to a new city, I do the research of what the best is of every single type of like category of cuisine. So I start to create lists and then when I'm off my diet I go crazy and then I start the whole process over again of being on a diet again wow lost your time we'll edit this out but in no Spain you're mentioning the tapas oh yeah because I, I think that Kime? Um, I think it's called Kime de Kime okay I might be mispronouncing that too because they talk with like a lisp right. Catalan um, well they talk with an accent that sounds like a lisp yeah <laughs> fair right. politically correct um, no just not racist Okay. Anyways, uh, I have gone to Barcelona a couple times, and I think it's really easy to get sucked into like the That's super not how you pronounce it. Barcelona. There you go. I went to Barcelona a couple times, right. and I think it's easy to get sucked into, um, you know, like all the tourist traps. Right. Um, but this particular place is kind of off the beaten path, and this girl just makes all these hot and it's just on bread, so it's really simple. But she just like makes different concoctions. You can tell her what kind of flavor profiles you like, and she'll make you something. Nice. And just give it to you. And it's packed. It's always packed. You can't move. It's not comfortable. But the food is good. In terms of coffee, tea, desserts, what kind of shocked you in your travels in the world? Like, which places do you think just had really good tea, really good coffee, really good desserts? The desserts? Mm, and coffee and tea. Desserts? I have to say Singapore. Wow. I love the desserts in Singapore. There are, like, there's a lot of pandan desserts. I don't know if you... What is that? It's kind of, it's like a leaf extract. It tastes a little bit like coconut. Um, okay. And it's green. You'll sometimes see it at like Asian stores, like green cakes and stuff. Right. Um, and so Singapore desserts are like really tasty, very coconutty, and they have kind of like a, like a gelatin kind of texture. Right. Um, so I really like Singapore desserts. And then in terms of coffee, Sweden, your favorite. Right. And then tea, India. Actually, Sweden is the only place I've been besides Pakistan. So. Oh really? I've been to Barbados and then Canada, the Montreal. But... Where's some place that you? like to go to if you had to pick any place in the world Argentina's like always appealed to me and I think Hong Kong I have to be careful though in Hong Kong because I don't eat pork mm -hmm. and like it's a, it's a decent part of the culture there and it's like the cheapest yeah. meat the pollution's a little bit concerning but that aside Argentina or Hong Kong I know that's two um actually I went to Hong Kong a couple of years ago and I think it's a lot of people it's it's also really western to me like it's really cosmo it's a cosmopolitan city right. and it's not it looked like San Francisco honestly like I don't think it's not like if you want something right. with extreme culture shock. So there are a lot shock, of like Asian girls with white guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, if you want like extreme culture shock, I wouldn't go to Hong Kong. If okay. that's like something you're after. And Argentina. Argentina's dope. I liked Argentina. Do you think I'd enjoy Indian cuisine? You think I? Do you think you would enjoy? Yeah, it? like do if I, I went deep off the path India, you think I'd like that cuisine? Hell yeah. Well, it depends. What do you like? I can handle a lot and I'll, I'll be you like okay. You spicy with, food? Yeah, I love spicy food. I can be okay with not eating meat. You don't have, it's not like everyone in India doesn't eat meat. Like I know. my parents are, my dad's a carnivore. I know they so eat meat. Depends. I'm just saying though. Have you been to, so you haven't been to India at all? Right? I've been to Sweden, Pakistan. Yeah, okay, uh, you just mentioned. So um, India also, like I think in America, people don't really understand how many different types of right. cuisines there are. Butter chicken. Just, like, yeah, exactly. Like tikka masala. Right. Like, like a samosa here and there, but there's so many different like subsets of the different types of cuisines. Like there's in um, Calcutta, there's like a lot of um, Bengali cuisine, which is very mustardy. It's like a lot of mustard sauce and fish. And then if you go to Kerala, it's like a lot of coconut like and fish also. If you go to Andhra, it's like really, really spicy, like so spicy, you're sweating as you're eating. 
Um, which, so is, this, which is like the goal. The goal is that you, you, you can be that brown person that smells like curry when you're in India. Right. Yeah. So that's the goal. I don't own any sandals. I'm not good at walking in sandals. I don't think it's a rule that you wear sandals right. in India. I just want to think about that. You can have closed-toed shoes. Right. I know I can. You can wear your loafers. Pakistani food right off the cart. So like the guy's making it fresh. Like the roti and naan is so dope. You ate it off the carts? Yeah. My mom has like strict... Whenever you go, she's like very adamant our systems not. cannot handle it yeah i get exactly. sick every time i go once oh. i had a bad mango and once i drank eight glasses of water from the tap that was stupid yeah it was the <laughs> tap thing was just an oversight because i kept being served it and i was like oh i guess you know yeah your system gets used to it if you live there yeah exactly right. i don't eat anything i don't even eat like the chutneys and stuff unless it's made at home no, and i've never gotten time, sick and i've gone like but that's the best diet year. Uh, yeah, I guess. I lost I lost 17, like, you, pro- you probably gained it right back. Well, I mean, I can't really say anything because I'm probably going to gain back the way that I've lost too. No, but I'm saying that's, that seems to be the best diet. We'll Sounds wrap like up here pleasant. in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> when you host, like, dinner parties or get-togethers, is that when you go ham with cooking? I actually hate hosting. Okay. I think it's a big pain in my ass. So I'd rather go to somebody else's house and cook for them. Um... So if it's a potluck, you love that. You love like making one thing and taking it. Yeah, hell yeah. And that's you like make a big one thing, point of pride You drop it off, and then you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to like deal with the cleanup. Okay, so if it's like a Super Bowl party, what would you take? Mm, plantain tacos. And what's in them? Why, why does he seem so like upset about that? I'm scared it's going to be like some pretentious Brooklyn. What? Well, okay, what's in the plantain tacos? Now I'm scared to tell you. You're making me feel awkward about well, my choice. You're a guest. Everyone's too. I don't feel like a guest. <laughs> oh, um, plantain tacos, I like to put black beans um i like to take tostones which are like plantains green plantains you cut it up and you squish them like down and then you fry them twice right. um beans um the tostones jack cheese avocado i make a spicy slaw with like cabbage and um some vinaigrette and sour cream and cilantro and carrots i put that on top that sounds really Simple. good what's the name of that dish again Plantain tacos. No, but there's not like a, a Spanish name for it? No, I just made it up. I just like made my own. Oh, that's your own recipe? Yeah, my own recipe. Oh, wow. Anjali Rao original. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if your outfit's any indication, the tacos must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Asshole. And wrap, wrapping up, you mentioned a place called Basma, which is Sudanese food. Yeah. Have, Have you, you been had... to Sudan? No. Have you? Oh, wait. No, you haven't. No, I haven't. been to three places. No, I haven't. Yes. Um, but I, I have had Sudanese food. Pardon? I have I have had Sudanese food in New York, uh, in Virginia. How was it? It was really good. It's hard to explain. It's somewhat similar to like South Asian food, but there's not a lot of runny curryness to yeah. it. It's just like a little bit. I don't even want to say drier, but less liquid, I guess. Did you get the peanut sauce and like yeah. the whole shebang? Yeah, it's really good. It's did you get the saffron? Where is Busma? Where is this? It's in Berlin. Okay. It's this like it's super cheap. You get it for four bucks, and you get meat, you get lettuce, you get. Um, halloumi, which is like a grilled cheese. You get what? <laughs> you get peanut sauce. You get the spicy saffron sauce, and it's just like great bang for your buck there. Did you do comedy in any of the places you traveled to? Um, no, I was I was working. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What was I was work? working at um a different agencies in Sao Paulo. I worked at Ogilvy, and in uh, Berlin, I worked at DDB. So the advertise it just. Advertising is really t- time-consuming. I don't really have as much time as I would have liked. Sure. What drew you into advertising? Um, I have a background in fine arts, so I like to think visually a lot. And then I think I liked the impact. I think I was always trying to think of something that would make some kind of impact on people's thinking. And advertising is a way that you can reach so many de- different types of people. Um, and, yeah, I think that was kind of, like, the main thing. It doesn't always – it's not always about, like, selling – Napkins. It's not always about selling like shit that we don't need. It can also be we can do like social right. issues, and I think that's really exciting and interesting that you can make an impact socially and not just about like what people are consuming all the time. Right. Do you feel like you'll be able to combine advertising and comedy? And I hope so. Goal? I think I would like to work at some of the agencies that do more video because that's a lot of times when the comedy kind of comes in as well. And you don't always, I, I don't really want, I'm starting to do art direction right now, but I don't really want to stay in like just only doing art direction. Right. I'd like to do writing as well. So we'll see. Got it. And you work on any cool new new comedy projects solo beyond the UCB and stuff? <clears throat> um, right now, actually, I have a, I'm doing an improv show at my school. So we'll see how that 
turns out in a couple of weeks and then I'm going to I'm writing a sketch that's hopefully I'll be able to film once I graduate and okay. looking for that job time Good. to space do you want to plug yeah. the uh, sketch show sure yeah um, it's going to be a sketch about my mother and it'll be on my YouTube channel Curry okay. Pants Curry watch Pants. it ooh also follow me on Instagram on Curry Pants and Twitter at Curry Pants where is uh, no, but do you want to plug your school show Oh, not really. I really would prefer nobody to come see that. Okay. So I'll link yeah. to that. Anjali, thanks for joining. We'd love to have you Thank back you. again. Uh, Hell appreciate yeah. it.